Tired of dating apps? Swiping, scrolling, and ghosting not working for you? How about a new way to get introduced? Single to Shadi. Single to Shadi is a matchmaking service which offers curated matches for South Asian singles living in the U.S. and Canada. We work with urban professionals looking to find meaningful relationships without the anonymity of traditional dating apps. Our clients will meet like-minded matches who are ready for a committed relationship. We believe love is love, and our ultimate goal is to help you find your perfect partner. Visit us today at www.singletoshadi.com to find out more and sign up for free. We are not your parents' matchmaker. Hey guys, this is the Thinkable Guys podcast, and in this very special episode, we are joined by Ravine Sethi. Ravine Sethi is an ambassador for Limtheri Action, and in the near future, we'll have a podcast called Everything Coming Up Diamonds. So Ravine, please introduce yourself. Hi, um, as you said, I'm Ravine. I'm 25 years old. I was diagnosed with cancer at the age of 23, and then relapsed again last year in September. So I'm going through the whole motion of going through cancer. And yeah, I think that's it. And I've been working with the likes of Boots Macmillan to raise awareness of cancer. But also throughout my journey, I've also been involved in projects that focus on other aspects, such as fertility, which is what I'm keen to speak to you guys about today. That's amazing. Welcome to our podcast, Ravine. Um, so I wanted to ask you, how did uh, how did Boots and Macmillan find you? How did they find out about you? Um, so I guess it's through my Instagram. I have quite a few opportunities that all come through Instagram. And that's where I first got contacted through. And then I had that and then I built a good relationship with Macmillan. And from then on, they always put me in touch with ITV, Channel 4. And I've been I interviewed quite a bit by like Huffington Post, the local recorder. So yeah, I'd say it was definitely Instagram. But helped me get through and how's all those um experiences been for you really good yeah so yeah so they've been really good quite hectic at times because I feel like everything always comes up at once but I've met so many people through it as well so it's been really good quite frantic but I'm very grateful for it nevertheless and what have you learned in terms of your journey through raising awareness like do you feel like there's some bits of of awareness that's missing within this uh this disease yeah so i've been diagnosed with hodgkin's lymphoma um and i was diagnosed at a young age at 23 and my symptoms were quite like normal very general symptoms so it was like a cold i was very tired and I realised after being diagnosed that I hadn't heard about the cancer at all before. And it's quite common with young adults from the ages of 16 to 24. So I was very surprised that no one really spoke about it. And especially coming from an Asian background, I'm Sikh Punjabi. So no one really speaks about cancer, which is what I found. And when people do think about cancer, I think they also associate it with older people. And then when they associate it with older people, they also associate it with death. And it's had very no- ne- sorry negative connotations generally. So I think 
throughout it I've just been trying to educate people about different types of cancers and especially my cancer and just the journey that comes with it because one of the biggest eye-openers for me was the whole fertility um, idea because growing up you don't really speak about fertility much no one really considers it until they get to that age of fertility but I had to think about it at a very young age and I ended up freezing my eggs last year but I think it should become more of a topic of discussion. People should feel a lot more comfortable speaking about it. So I think I'm also working on quite a few things in regards to that. So I'm working on creating a platform where people are able to speak about fertility um, issues that they might have, whether it's due to health issues, just having like miscarriages, polycystic ovary syndrome, which is actually very common amongst Asian females um and just making it less of a taboo subject so with cancer and fertility i'm trying to create more of a platform where we're able to speak about it openly without feeling embarrassed Hmm. and do you feel that there's some negative stigma but with the whole idea of freezing your eggs in the asian community and stuff Mm, i think I think, well, first, I think there's pressure to have, for women, pressure to be married at a suitable age, because along with that pressure comes having children. So I think that's the biggest worry. That's why it feels quite like as you get, go through your mid-20s, there's this pressure to get married and then have kids before it's too late. Um, And that's why it can be, a bit hard and and when people are having issues it's very hard to speak about it because you get these Asian aunties and they don't really understand that it's not easy to have kids whether or not you have health issues it's quite hard Mm -hmm. so there should be more sensitivity around the subject really it should be quite it's quite a personal subject I feel like I feel like Asians are quite negative towards these things as well yeah how do you think I feel like they're just, it, I don't know, it is, there is this thing where people say, oh, you know, she, this person's not well, can't have kids, you know, or, you know, something wrong with her system, her body, this and that. Like, mm. they try to make it something bigger than it seems. Like, you know, they take things a step further than it has to be. And it's not yeah. nice, but I think that's only, it only exists primarily because of like a lack of education around the issue. Yeah. And it, it seems like, oh, like, we're like brought up as guys to feel to seem like fertility is a very simple thing mm. whereas the older we get the more we realize that there's actually it actually is very very complicated there's a lot of things that happen during birth or even after birth as you said mm. like it has major impacts but these are the things we're not really taught about especially in school and stuff like that yeah like even as girls we don't really speak about it but growing up So like I said, polycystic ovary syndrome is quite common with females. And a lot of my friends have been speaking about it. And that affects your fertility. Um, And I've always thought like, wow, that's quite sad. Like growing up, you know that you might not have children. But there's so many other ways that you can't have children. And I think as women, especially, we need to be able to talk about it more. Because there's this isolation that we feel when we can't have kids or we feel like we we're not we're not a mother even though like we've grown up thinking that as women that we will be mothers and when it comes to it and you can't have children 
you're dealing with your own emotions and on top of that you've got society expecting children as well so I think it is it's actually more complicated than you think but I've only realized that as time has gone on because I've grown up in a big family so I've just assumed that I'm going to have kids but then when I had to decide whether or not to freeze my eggs I then thought wow like this is so important to me like how I don't I always think about whether our parents generation actually decided whether they wanted kids because it almost seemed like it was a given like yes now that we're married we're gonna have kids but there's a lot more scope to decide for or against in this day and age I think it's important to have those discussions with your future partner but also think about it yourself you know because obviously it changes within time but you still should know where you kind of stand with the subject Have you guys um, ever thought about having kids? No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nah. As in, um, you, know, you, you think, yeah, you think down the future or down the line, you, you'd want to have kids. You're just assuming you will, right? Yeah, hopefully one day. It's yeah. more like, oh, hopefully one day, you know, yeah. If, I'm, if I find the right partner and it all works out, then yeah. Mm. Sometimes I feel like, is it really necessary to have kids in it? Like, again, yeah. people's people's lives are different like uh i think society is becoming more like complicated in the sense of it's not how it used to be in terms of like family structures and stuff like things are like naturally changing like i I recently read about uh, on bbc there was an article about how the population will decrease as as the years go by Mm. less and less people actually having kids yeah i read that as well so you can even argue that as the expectations for children are becoming less now because in society, we're normalizing the idea of women not having as many kids or having kids at all mm. now than compared to, say, 50 years ago, where it was quite often. Yeah. See, there's a lot of things you need to balance because I'm like, yes, I've frozen my eggs just as like an insurance. But even as I go through life, I'm still going to be umming and ahhing, you know, because there's now this place for women um, to be able to focus on our careers and there's a lot more option and freedom generally. So people may just want to be able to move around country to country, travel more. Like we're able to think about our priorities, but then in the same breath, I think it's it'll also be hard to kind of talk to our parents about it because especially coming from an Asian background, I feel like parents just always talk about grandkids, grandkids, you know? Mm. Yeah. Do you guys feel, do you have that pressure of having kids or just like marriage? Uh, I think it comes past and parcel. Yeah. <laughs> so you get, hurry up and get married so you can get a kid. Sort of thing. It's like you have to get married to get kids. There's no other choice. <laughs> yeah. At what point getting married then? Do you know what I mean? Like, there's no point if not going It's like the ultimate end goal of marriage is to get kids. That's the only goal. There's no, it's not really? about oh, when you like, it's not about finding the partner of your stuff. It's more about, okay, building a family sort of thing. Wait, is that family. what you think? Or is that a society? Um, well, I'm speaking from my perspective, isn't it? Wait, so you think the purpose of marriage is to have kids? No, 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 no. I'm oh. talking about societies. I'm talking about societies. Oh, yeah. Uh, yes, what I experience in my society. Like, it's like we're more fixated on the idea. I'm not talking about me, but society is more fixated on the idea of finding the right partner to have children, not really finding the right partner to fall in love yeah, it's like, oh, can you see them as being the father of your child? Yeah, so you're more fixated on 
say the physical appearance of someone, like, oh yeah, he's tall or he's got this sort of hair color or do you know what I mean? All these sort of features and that'd be good to making kids rather than thinking, really? I, you know, in the long run, can I even uh, build like a good relationship with with my partner? Do you know what I mean? In that sense, yeah. rather than looking at something as a, because so I feel like we're more fixated on uh, building cultures and building how we are Mm. and not really or more focused on the outer pictures in terms of marriage and marriage means it's a good family family means this then ultimately you're going to get kids and then kids becomes oh then you're married into someone else's family what like do you get out of it in terms of say you own certain things or you know it's so many little tiny little things that come with it Mm. rather than it being about the two people in, in the marriage itself yeah Hardy, what do you think? Yeah, sometimes the focus can can get steered away from the couple and the uh, two partners to kids and other things, uh, other other factors or uh, other things around them. I had um I was talking to my granddad like two days ago, and he called me, and I had I hadn't spoken to him in a while, and we were just talking about he's asking me like how's how's work going how's life everything i was like yeah this is good yeah just like updating him on what i'm doing right now and then he goes yeah it sounds great all of that sounds good yeah that's really good i'm happy for you and then he goes um he's like also by the way you know think about settling down now i knew that's all you wanted to say i mean you're, you're you're getting older now like you know you, just, you don't know about life you just don't know what might happen. I, I think it's best that you start thinking about settling down. You need to find like a good girl for yourself. I need to get married. You need to have kids, and you know, you, I wanna, I wanna see your kids and everything. And and I was like, I was like, wow, like, uh, you know, it, 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 I get told that every time I speak to my grandparents or even my family members, they're like, oh, so when are you getting married? And I was like, <laughs> you know, so it, it, you do end up being sort of. Uh, that's Pressure. what's like sort of ex- 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 expected of you, if that makes sense. And um, I feel like they, they don't. Okay, so my grand, so my grandparents obviously like they're older and stuff, but I feel like they sometimes may not understand that it's hard to find. You need mm. to, to be able to have kids. You need to you need to be able to find a life partner. You need mm. to be able to find the right part, uh, person to have kids with because you don't want to. You don't want to have a situation where your kids are brought up in an environment where their parents are not in a good relationship or not in a good, you don't have a good understanding or in a breakup or marriage has ended and kids are separated or whatever. You, you Ideally, if you want to have kids, then you want to give them the best possible future and lifestyle that they, they can have. Yeah, and, good foundation. Sure. Yeah, good foundation. And that can only be given by two very, very stable, mature partners and life partners or husband and wife whatever you want to call it that's that's very important if you don't have that to begin with you can't have kids that have even if you do have kids you know they won't have good lifestyles so is it really worth having kids if you can't give them a good lifestyle yeah so I think that their time is very different but I also get that from my grandma she says I want to see you get married last and then like I'll be gone and as nice as that is, of course they want to see us get married. It's you kind of feel guilty. That is, I don't know. I feel a bit like guilty, like oh, like I should kind of do this just so that you can be here and see it. 
But mm. that reminder is quite scary all the time. Like, I want you to get married. I want you to get married because that's just not how things work now, you know? Yeah, yeah. I've got a question for you both. Um, so if you were to now meet someone, like, on the, you started to speak to them, would you, would you ask them if they wanted kids? As time goes on, you were thinking about them seriously. Not right now. Or it's not. Or mention like... it casually. Or mention it casually. No, like not about having kids now, but it's just in the future if they're interested. Because obviously, there's a lot more choice now. You know, not everyone wants kids, even women included. Hmm. I only ask that so... question once, once I'm comfortable enough with that person. So it would take me some time to get closer to that person. It's not. It maybe is. It, it should be something I do a, a lot earlier on, but for me personally, I it's it's not a question that I bring up after speaking to someone for like a couple of weeks, for example, because yeah. within, after talking to someone for let's say even like a couple of weeks, you don't even know if you guys it's can even anywhere. is going anywhere exactly. Mm. Like you can only know if this is like going to turn into a solid relationship once it actually does tend to start a relationship or, you know, you both talk about it and you both like, you know what, I really like you. She says, I really like mm-hmm. you too. You both want to be in a relationship together. Then you then be like, actually, you know what? Like, so what, what are your plans for like having kids down the line or something? I think at that stage, I will feel more comfortable asking that. Um, but yeah, so sometimes, like, I feel like sometimes you have to think about obviously building actual relationship with someone first. Again, again it's the, you know, the whole idea of, getting a good base getting a good relationship with the partner first before getting to the kids um but yeah i think that's a good question actually maybe maybe i should ask a, a lot earlier maybe but i don't know if mm, do you know do you know what i said because i was obviously going through a phase where i didn't freeze my eggs when i got ill the first time and then it when i started speaking to people i was like should i bring this up like early on because obviously this is a big factor it can really influence things of course and so with health and things like fertility at what point is it appropriate to bring it up in conversation you know Um, and I I think that's something I've had to juggle with but then I think for me it's not that bad because like especially like with my socials and the work that I do things are out there anyway so I can, so what I've done in the past is like just directed people to my podcast, you know, so I haven't explicitly had to say, but I'm just saying generally, say it wasn't cancelled, say if people weren't as out there as I am, for instance, how it's quite hard to bring it up in topic, you know? It is, yeah. I feel like if you're in a position where you're quite comfortable in terms of you both know where you're heading, I know that's quite difficult to like determine, but... I'd say like a considerable time has passed, and if you're talking about future plans, yeah, then I don't see why why you can't just drop in. Hey, well, what's your opinion on kids and stuff? Like, do you know I mean it's so? Def- then you know, as yeah. well. it it's definitely not like a casual conversation topic. <laughs> I was talking yeah. to I, I was talking to someone, and you know, I was talking to this girl. She's a friend of mine, and she was telling me how she went on a date with this guy. And he, they, they meet for the first time. They've only been talking for like a week or something, and they meet for the first time. And he goes, he goes to, oh, when would you, when would you like to get married? And she's like, ha ha, ha like yeah. she lost it up. And he's like, oh, so would the, you know, would the nineteenth or the eighteenth or the twentieth work better for you? Uh, he's joking, month? yeah. 
and uh, she's like oh oh my god you you know wow you're, you're so funny and he's like no i've actually you know those are the dates that i should i need to get married by so i need to find someone to marry me by by, by those dates uh, of, of next month and, and, then she, and then she was like so like um she was very like uh, taken back by it and then she was like wait what do you mean and then she's like and he's like oh i've even picked the venue i've got everything sorted like i've spoken yeah. to all, um you know, i've got all the things organized like you know the food and everything everything i've got everything all, all, everything set in place you just need to tell me what day works for you and if it's a yes or no and she was like give me a second like and then she literally just you know went off and just just to get a little bit of fresh air she walked off a little bit um because this guy really was being serious about you know he he got there on the first day and first thing he said to her he's like when do you want to get married they have not spoken they don't know anything about one another they don't know each other and you know that's the first things he drops her so um it, it's sort of relatable in this in this situation because um you know there's, there's like a set time and place that you should say certain things right and there's like a right time to bring certain things up you don't want to put a girl off by mentioning kids too early because then the girl might be like oh my god you think about kids already i've only spoken to for like a few weeks Mm, yeah it depends on how comfortable you are because i think a lot of people i think in the early stages as well you can get kind of caught up and talk Mm -hmm. about the future and like you have talks like past 12 a.m and they can get to that but i think generally like for me i'd like to put out my health history out there just like just in advance but then I also think as time goes on there needs to be a conversation where we're discussing do you want kids like if you do not want kids like this will be a deal break I don't want to know five years down the line that you don't want kids or that you feel this way about adoption this that the other because where you can change in time having kids some people either know that they don't want kids for sure or they do you know Mm. yeah so what so, do you think about that? So, it's okay. So for people that don't know, um, you know, anyone listening right now that doesn't know. So what, in terms of freezing your ex, what, what does that mean? It means when I'm ready to have kids, because basically the chemotherapy affects my eggs. So that will affect my infertility. So okay. I've stored my eggs away. So when I'm ready to have kids, I can then access them. Um, and... It's basically the IVF process. Um, But with that, it's not even 100% because some of it, like the eggs might not be good at that stage, you know? So even then, it's not 100%. So there's that possibility that I might not be able to have my own kids, but I could. But then I've also had conversations with people about adoption and it's very eye-opening because I think our community especially (laughs) – are very like closed off when it comes to things like adoption, which I think is a wonderful yeah. thing, honestly. Yeah, it's nothing wrong with adoption whatsoever. But I, I see it as why create a new life when you can improve or an already existing life? You know? Right. True. Definitely. Because I think I've seen it quite a bit on Twitter. Everyone romanticizes the idea of having their own kids, half them, half their partner, which is obviously lovely. You want you want that, right? But I feel like you could also bring up a child through adoption that is yours just naturally because they will have qualities that you and your husband have, you know, not you, your husband, obviously, but um, generally like that you and your partner will have. 
and they can still be your own. So I think I think that's what I've also really learned. Like adoption isn't bad, you know. There's this because it's not yours. It yeah. like it shouldn't be it shouldn't be a thing. But I think it's honestly wonderful, and I've really come come like around the idea. Well, so you're so are you you're quite in favour of adoption then you'd say yeah more than I would have been before I'd I'd loved it even if I could have my own children I'd like the idea of adopting you know what would you look for though in your adoption like would you be selective or like in terms of like See, I, I don't know I know that's what everyone has an issue with right like the community <laughs> yeah that, like that's the thing like again it's like it's like, it's like romanticizing adoption isn't it the same as romanticizing having kids like because everyone wants to adopt someone but would your with, with people's mm. prejudices get in the way in terms of who you want to adopt but you know what personally i i know there's a lot of um orphans in india just generally and mm. just naturally i want to like india's always been my focus because i'm obviously from that background and india needs a lot of help generally so i would want to mm. um and because our community don't adopt as often as they should you know because that's still a bit of a taboo I'd still naturally go for Indian but I wouldn't be opposed I don't think but then that question also come like people have been like oh what if your child doesn't fit in with the other children like your other kids won't get the same love but mm-hmm. I don't know I don't I don't think that would be a thing no, do you guys think about adoption or no I bet it's a no <laughs> What? not really i don't think about it now i mean it's not something i'd casually just like oh yeah adoption yeah, yeah. no no i, I think as males we don't think about it like yeah i don't yeah. think about kids no but i never really thought about kids like myself until i was in the situation you know girls don't really speak about kids that much okay, okay, so you... is it a fearful thing though is it a fair sorry um what is? Is it like a quick question? Is it like girls not speaking about it? Is it like a fear? Is it like a fear of having kids in terms of females? That I've always wanted to know. Like given birth, like, yeah, doesn't, yeah, does it scare people or scare girls? Like, yeah, given birth, but on top of that, the fact that your whole life is going to change because you can't deny the fact that women have to give more. They have to become so. Like I know there's a change for men as well, but women have to like dedicate their lives to a child. You know, in most cases. In traditional cases, let's say, um, and your life does change, and your career takes a backseat, and so your partner will carry on working, but for for the female, they'll have to stop work. They'll be on maternity leave, and then when they return back to work, they have to compromise on that as well. You know, so they'll probably have to take a low-paying job, miss out on promotions, go for a job that's more lenient with their timings, more flexible. So it is, as in, I feel like it's definitely more life-changing for women. So fear also comes from that, especially in this day and age. Carly, what was the question that you were going to ask? Sorry. So, no, no, that's okay. Uh, So what what I wanted to ask you is a series of questions. They all link together. So firstly, how old were you when you found found out that you had to, or I guess how old were you when you made the decision of freezing your eggs or you you found out that you had to freeze your eggs? what was your sort of initial reaction to that um mm-hmm. especially being at that age as well finding out something like this can be very daunting mm-hmm. um and then secondly like you know again do you ever think about like oh shit like 
if I'm speaking to someone, this is something I'm gonna have to bring up to them. And do you ever feel like, oh, this may end up putting someone off that you might be talking to, or you know, like, or even adoption? Like, do you, you know, obviously, if you've got a life partner, if you if you're with someone and you want to adopt someone, but maybe your life partner doesn't, then what would you do in that situation? Yeah. So, um, just to begin, I was twenty three when I went to see a consultant about freezing my eggs, but I didn't end up freezing my eggs then because I had to balance the pros and cons of the situation and the chemo wasn't intense enough. It, it was very unlikely that it would affect my fertility. But I remember being in that appointment, I was literally breaking down because I didn't expect to make a decision like this. And I didn't, I don't know what I want in the future. You know, like I'm 23. Why do I want to make a decision about me? Like, say, 10 years down the line you know mm. it just seemed very there was like this disconnect because I can only think about what I want now and it just took me back to the fact that I loved having children like it was more of a given that I will be having children so I was a bit scared but I had to just trust that I made the right I made the right decision for myself at that time and then I fast forward to last September it was more intense the chemo so it was 100% that I was going to freeze my eggs and that was fine because I knew that if I was going to get cancer again I was 100% going to do that so when I actually did freeze my eggs it wasn't that bad yeah but um in terms of talking to people and letting them know like I said I think it's easier for me because I talk about it very openly so if you you are going to start speaking to me you'll kind of know about it in the first few weeks when I speak about myself and it obviously depends on what point in time you speak to me so whether I'm going through cancer or not um I don't find it hard honestly as you get older people are a lot more sensible and more well people I've come across they're more sensible and realistic maybe it's just the boys I've come across but yeah. they don't take it badly because people that do say let's message me through Instagram hmm. they they've looked at my profile you know like I've said before they've looked at my profile they know what's coming and I'm quite blessed because I know that when I speak to someone it will also be for the right reasons because if they can accept that then they can mm. say it like right for me you know it's quite a big mm. thing I think people underestimate but when there's uncertainty about your health and then fertility it takes like a man to want to deal with that and there have been people that have wanted to and are willing but like I said it tells me more about the person and I really do respect them more for it because god knows it is a very hard predicament to be involved in but like if you do care about the person if you do respect them then that's what comes with it as well so I haven't found it hard if I'm honest I find it easier in terms of determining the good for me you know I know that someone's yeah, good for yeah. me if they're able to look at x y and then be like yeah like I'm still like I'm still like interested in you because like there's a lot more to me than just my illness or what I'm going through you know but then with the whole adoption I'm not 100% either like a lot of things do come with time I will see in time and things change in time but I will definitely yeah. be having those like discussions earlier like how do you th what do you think about that what do you think about this like it's important to just be open-minded because you don't know where life's going to take you. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. So you would say this has actually been a positive thing in terms of, say, finding someone? 
Yeah. Do you reckon? Do you reckon? Like, yeah, I definitely. Because you put you're putting yourself out there, and you've got, you've got nothing to to hide or conceal. So, again, like you said, whoever does message you, you know, it's going to be some someone someone that could like, you know, care about you and stuff. Yeah, and I think I'm. Do you know? At the beginning, I was, I was like, I'm not going. No one knew when I first got diagnosed. They only knew at the end when I finished when I first got diagnosed um, when I was in remission. Because I didn't want to be associated with cancer because I thought people would then look at me in a completely different lens. But then I also found that I was contradicting myself. If I want to raise awareness for something, I'm contradicting myself because I don't want to be that girl that's had cancer. So I think generally, like, even when people talk to me about it, I'm just very open because Mm, it's nothing to be afraid about. It's real life. And that's what people don't like to hear. But I'm just very open about real life. And... I think that gets me further, honestly, because I'm not embarrassed about what I've gone through mm-hmm. because I'm actually very proud because it's really built me as a character. So when it comes to when you're talking about future partner, that doesn't scare me at all. You know, mm-hmm. that hasn't made people like less interested at all either, which I think mm-hmm. is very nice, honestly speaking. Mm-hmm. Do you reckon because of... um? So you, you were saying that you um you didn't want to be associated initially. Was mm. it like a, a fear a fear you had, like because of like social media and stuff? Because we're not conditioned to really highlight these things, are we? Mm. Um, on things like social media and stuff. Mm. Where did you think that fear came from of not initially trying initially like um exposing your illness and stuff to the world? So yeah, I think it was a combination of social media is the glam you know like I fell into that trap of social media being like the best like the highlights but then also for me I think growing up we have this idea of someone that's got cancer looks like this you know and you um you ultimately like view them very differently and I had this like growing up when I thought about cancer I think about Jade Goody right I don't think of an Asian girl I don't think of an ethnic Mm -hmm. minority or but and I think of her as not having any hair you know mm, mm. but I've lost my hair but other people don't always lose their hair it depends on the cancer but there's so many other variables and people look or think that I look very well so they don't assume that I have cancer but there's like a lot more that meets the eye and they're like I still fell into that hole like someone with cancer looks like this but that's not the truth like cancer doesn't look like anything like what does cancer look like you know um mm-hmm. and I just kind of I felt like I was just contradicting myself like I said before if I stayed silent and I felt like this was my purpose like I feel like everything we're put into situations with people and places more than once sometimes if we haven't learned the lesson or if we're not able to tap into our purpose for it and I've always been interested and worked with loads of charities in the past. But I think being ill just really gave me more of a drive, I'd say. Definitely. So why would I silence my voice? It's definitely really, really good. And I definitely appreciate the fact that you're so honest about it. Because, you know, like you, like you said, there there aren't many, there aren't many people out there that openly go out and 
talk about things like this and talk about it in a very um how do you say like you like you're you're trying to put out a good message you're trying to like you know just reach out to people and be more open and just be stronger and all those things so i think that's that's a very good thing that you do and so have you found more people like yourself throughout this journey of like you know going on like itv for example or you know um doing interviews and stuff have you found like there are other actually other people out there that are like just like you as well yes i found a lot through instagram more than like macmillan lymphoma action through those forums i found a lot more on instagram but even then i find it tricky to find someone that's my age actually i found a few but I find it tricky because a lot of people are still older, much older, and I'm in this weird phase where I'm stressing about my career being put on hold and I can't really relate to many people, but then I can relate to people in terms of the fertility issue. But it's very hard to find someone that relates to all these different issues because I could relate to more people when I first got diagnosed, but when I got when I went through the relapse, I found it harder. And I've even sent a message because I haven't met many people that are scared about the impact on their career because a lot of people that go through cancer obviously need to slow down after or change their career path but I don't want to like I really don't want to and that's where I do find it tricky but in the same vein I do I have met so many wonderful people through social media but that's very bittersweet because when they pass away from cancer it's very hurtful. I had a friend that passed away from cancer mm. a few weeks ago and it's weird to deal with. Very weird. Mm. I'm sorry. Sorry to hear about that. Yeah, sorry to hear about that. Yeah, so I, I think does that's it, why it's weird. Does it invoke a fear in you as well because of it? Yeah. I also read about... Who was it? Someone's wife passed away from breast cancer a few days ago. Um, I was basically discussing to my therapist about it because the fear comes from having a common illness. So, and there's also this weird guilt, like, I'm still here, but you're not here, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And she Mm -hmm. just explained that just as humans, we always find what we're something relatable, and that's what makes it harder. So, just generally, like, the fact that she was ethnic minority she raised awareness about cancer she also had cancer um that just makes it harder and the fact that she's also a friend so there's a lot of feelings when you talk to people within the cancer community because it's very like I said bittersweet there's so there's so much you can relate to people on but at the same time it really hurts when they leave you this guilt is very hard to manage mm-hmm. Because it's not something you can justify, is it? No. Or even even rationalise. It's something that's out of your control. Yeah. And do you know what's also scary? It's the fact that I, at 23, I had to think about death. And two years later, I have to think about death. And death, Mm. everyone expects death, right? We all do. But I think it's different when you actually need to consider it as a possibility. And I guess we can argue that everyone's terminally ill and anything can happen to anyone but when you're when you've got such a crazy disease it makes you really re- reevaluate life 
So there's there's a lot to balance. There really is. Um, it, with that, do you with that then that idea of like you know feeling like you feel like I say like a death sentence near you? Like, what are the lessons have you learned then from this journey then? To make I know everyone says it, but to take each day as it comes and find your purpose within I think for me I've always thought my purpose in life is to help but Mm. I need to be on the go I need to be doing things I need to do as much as I can to make this world a better place um this world's honestly a shambles but I just want to leave my mark on it um Mm. and also just to enjoy the little things because I only realize it when I'm in hospital or going through intense treatment that going to the coffee shop going for a drive those are lovely moments and I used to crave those moments even though that they're very minor they mean so much because you're happy you're healthy you know mm. it's, uh, like, um, it's like being in quarantine isn't it and like missing going out to like the park for instance yeah everyone yeah you, and it's you. really weird yeah you really really it's like that. It's like certain small things um, you took for granted that once you do those things again, it will give you so much more bliss than than before. Yeah, definitely. But I I've mentally changed. I I feel like I'm just a lot more patient, and I try not to stress over so much because I used to be that person that plans everything. I also try, I'm also still that person, but I'm trying to just like go with the flow quite literally because mm. anything mm. can happen which is quite scary but in the same way it's also very it's very comforting you know because you could be having the worst day of your life but tomorrow might just be the best and miracles happen as well I've actually mm. experienced miracles through this journey so little things that keep me alive and I've had to think about why I want to stay alive and that's a purpose in itself, you know, Definitely. that not many people have to do or can do. That is uh, very true. And it's, it's good to sort of look at things from that perspective. I think the uh, you, I, f- I feel like we all should have something to believe in. Mm-hmm. But believe and hope is what makes the world go round. I, I feel like, you know, every everyone is working towards something in their life. Everyone's got some sort of goals. Everyone's got things they want to achieve. Everyone's got things they want to do. Mm-hmm. And if that if that purpose is taken away from them or if that goal or aim or whatever people are working for, if that's taken away from them, all of a sudden people feel out of space. Um out of space, out of out of uh, yeah. Out of pay a place, yeah. And um so you know i feel like it's very important to have things that we we believe in i think mm. it's very important to be be a believer and you know it, it really does add a different sort of element it's just it's just a whole new thing it's a whole new way of living life and um you know um there was a time in my life where i was going through like one bad thing after another after another after another after another after another and i'll just i i just hit a new level of low which and the the worst thing about things when you know when things go sideways the worst thing about it is you're not even expecting it Mm. and when when you're not expecting it it has the added uh, added effect of uh, a surprise and it catches you off guard so 
that experience something like that and then it's like it's then it's up to you how how you deal with it and what ultimately brings you back out of it what ultimately helps you get through that battle and that cycle or the, the bad time or the period is hope and this belief that you know that this will come to an end one day and you know the days will get better um that's what helped me in the certain situations i was put in um so i want to ask you were there any times where you felt like well, obviously whatever your situation was that impacted your mental health 100% that's why I had to go and see a therapist like even recently I could be having appointments so I had an appointment two days ago and I'm going through a transplant in the next two weeks and that's horrifying because it's quite life-threatening and obviously as doctors they have to lay out all the complications that may happen all the side effects and those are very daunting like very so after every appointment I get very scared like it really gets to me like this is my life and there's one thing going through it the process but there's another thing dealing with it for the rest of my life and it's my life it's no one else's and everyone can be like oh it's fine it'll be okay but it's my life at the end of the time, um, day. And my life haven't, hasn't been the same since 23. Um, I don't know if I'd want it the same, but it, it's very scary mentally. I've had to deal with so much. And it's, as humans, we always, we just don't want to feel alone with our feelings. So, so I think just my mental health has declined. I suffered from loads of panic attacks but it's getting better because I've been seeing a therapist I've started journaling yeah so it's really good I journal quite a bit so whenever I feel down about something like for instance like I said feeling like oh um I'm scared um I might die for instance then I have to write then I combat it and then I write reasons why I don't want to die so I really try to flip things or if I talk if I'm sad about something some someone said I'll then talk about all the good things about the person. Because like I was saying, I was talking to Harminder about this actually earlier, our thoughts aren't facts. They're not factual at all. Um, they're just like things that we've come up with. And I'm quite rational most of the time. I like to be distracted, get on with things and not really think. But obviously being at home because I'm ill and also quarantine means that I have more time to overthink and my mental health has been up and down but I kind of just focus on doing things like podcasting things that just make me happy um and make me thankful for my process because I've got so many opportunities as well at the same time and I've grown so much through it so I really just try to journal and flip the switch you know talk to my therapist and just have down days as well you know it's all everything in like moderation you need to allow yourself to feel, but at the same time, you can't let it get to you so much because you do need to get up and do things. And as humans, we also know what we can do to make us feel good. So I know going for runs, exercising, eating well, that makes me feel good. But sometimes it's just really hard to do it, but you just need to bring yourself to do it. And then, yeah, just things look better once you do. It's kind of like mental training, isn't it? Because our, yeah. our brains are meant, our brains are not made for us to be happy. They're just made mm. to survive. So training yeah. yourself to be happy is a hard thing. So <laughs> we're not really taught to, our brains are not, they're not responsible for being happy. Like this is something that we're unfortunately have to learn ourselves. 
as some, some people do it better than others but mainly yeah, to survive not hide it better yeah but some of the things that you have mentioned are quite like powerful in terms of how you've managed to flip a situation so dire and you flip that into something that you could use positively so raising awareness and stuff like that has really helped yeah but, but like even... it has built your character as well yeah so yeah. growing up I, I have gone through like bouts of like depression like anxiety and I've questioned my existence my purpose but mm. really it's really interesting how things have now like turned for me and now I really want to be here because I've really found my purpose and I've got so much to do like whenever I think mm. like what if I don't survive the next few years I think wait I've got so much work to do that's impossible you know Mm-hmm. and I think that really helps as well like knowing your purpose finding things that you're passionate about everything comes from love you know like things you do people mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. the people you spend your time with mm-hmm. um so I think it's yeah I think it's really interesting it comes down to perspective quite a bit so I'm still trying to retrain my brain where I'm not thinking very negatively about myself or my situation you know and I think that comes with the whole self-love journey which takes years and years and years you know and we're all going through Mm -hmm. that Mm. yeah we are definitely but like I just want to say I am really really like moved by everything you've said it really has um been just eye-opening and I, I just gen- genuinely really appreciate everything that you've done and the way you sort of look at things and the way that you're trying to obviously raise awareness. And I definitely do think you have a purpose for sure. If 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 there weren't anyone, you know, if there weren't people like you, then they wouldn't be, you know, it just it will just carry on going through the cycle of people not talking about there's the conditions and people being uncomfortable with, with certain things uh about their health and everything so i feel like people should look at you as an example and try to follow your footsteps and be more open uh, the way you have been and be you know actually yeah be be, be looking for reasons to, to to be here and do things rather than not mm. because it can be um you know for example like me and Hamid talk about this all the, all the time um I feel like the word depression or mental mental illness and mental health nowadays is this I feel like it's just treated like a joke like you know it's been th- it's thrown around and people mm. anyone that's feeling like you know let's say let's say I have a bad day at work you know for example they'll come home oh I'm going for depression right now why oh I just had a bad day at work boss wasn't nice to me no that doesn't mean mm. you have depression like people are so easily like self-diagnose themselves with depression depression is a big big thing or any mental illness right um i'm a pharmacist i've done pharmacy i i understand the implications and the consequences and how these like these things come about like uh they're very serious things like uh illnesses not you can't just get it like that just by having a bad day at work you know So I feel like the, the importance of, of of the serious or the seriousness of having such thing has has diminished, and I feel like we need to reinstill reinstill that that actually no, what it's, it's it is as serious or it's a lot more serious than people think it is, and uh, it, it, we, it, we don't want to get to a stage where everyone just be like oh I'm depressed oh I'm depressed I'm depressed I'm depressed yeah. no no 
you know, you you might just be having a bad day, you might be having a bad mood, but depression is a very different thing. So, um, so then obviously someone like you who has experienced it, um, you know, uh, who has experienced mental like mental health issues and everything else along with that, being able to talk about it is is amazing because it shows how strong you are, mm. and actually that should be a lesson for everyone that's weak minded and thinking that oh yeah they get affected by little things they, they, they'd be like you know what actually they should they should have a lot to thank for in their life mm-hmm. yeah that health is honestly taken for granted but like you said those words are thrown around and it's really hard when you go through things like going through anxiety is not just being anxious for a test you know like there's a lot more and you do have attacks it does stop you from doing so much but mm. I think for me, because I know I've been able to fight something like cancer, I'm now like, okay, let me break down everything that I want to do. Let me get out of my comfort zone. Let me experience what this world has to offer. So I'm trying to, I think everyone needs a therapist and it's quite hard, but it really helps because you're able to break things down. And yeah. a lot of things come to, mm-hmm. down to the fear and not like believing yourself, not loving yourself. And there's very much a common denominator when it comes to not wanting to do things and just associations that we have that bring back negative memories. But yeah, I just think it's really important to like stop fearing things and and also get help like on social media no one talks about these things everyone doesn't talk about their struggles and that's why I've had to step back from it quite a bit because everything's glamorized like I'm not my profile you know and that's not me I just only feel like myself when I'm speaking up about things yeah and I think that's what I also want my podcast to be based on just reality because everyone needs one another everyone wants to speak to one another about things but when you're portraying your life in such a way it makes it harder because everyone's living a better life you know but we're all struggling in one way or another definitely 100 percent. i feel like this journey it has you may feel like it has closed some doors for you Mm. but i feel like with those doors closed have led to many more open yeah no i agree so so i feel like to look at it that way Mm -hmm. you know just take it as one door closes but another three open mm. yeah i agree and ravine i'd like to say uh thank you for coming on today and discussing in depth about your struggles and your experience with this illness thank you for having me it was lovely having you ravine thank you so much for talking to us and i genuinely do hope that you know when when people listen to this they do learn a lot from you uh, there is definitely a lot to be taken from this pod- podcast. Uh, it's definitely one of the, my favorite podcasts that uh, you know I've I've recorded. Uh, oh really? Sure. Are you, yeah, or are you just saying this? No, no, no. I genuinely <laughs> this. This is this is a very special podcast. Like def like definitely, and um, you know whenever you do start your you know podcast whenever whenever it's up and running uh, mm-hmm. please you know do think about us the think about guys yeah uh, <laughs> and uh, you know yeah it was lovely uh, talking to you so thank you thank you bye thank you Reen. bye